What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk About It, the show about all sports, all the time. I am your host, Carl Cook Jr., and thank you for tuning in once again. I apologize for not recording last week, but I'm here this week. Let's dive right into it. And I first want to start off this podcast with a very, I would say, for me and for some other people, would be a very touchy subject now I was raised in a house with three older sisters no brothers I was mainly raised by my mom of course I was raised by my dad as well but he was always at work paying for the bills stuff like that so he was always working so I was mainly around my older sisters and my mom I helped raise my two nephews and my niece and I'm also in a very happy relationship with Danielle the one I love and I want to be with for the rest of my life. And I would never ever put my nephews and my niece or my girlfriend or my sisters or my mom in a situation where they would be in harm's way. Whether it be verbal, physical, emotional, anything like that. Just this past week, Tyree Kill was handed no suspension for his case with the mother of their child who at this point still, as we know, his arm was broken. And it took me a while to process that. It took me a while to be... I can't even say I'm okay with it. I'm not okay with it. Some people will say, oh, well, there wasn't enough evidence. Well, based on the recording that we heard, I'm pretty sure that would be enough at least enough sufficient evidence to see that there is going to be some danger for this child and for the mother of the child. And you have to go back to Jimmy Smith from the Baltimore Ravens. He was suspended over some text message threats that he made to the woman during that whole trial. Last time I checked, Tyreek Hill didn't say in a th- say in a threat But he did tell the woman, you should be afraid of me too. After she told him that their child was afraid of him. If that isn't a sign of any fear or any type of intimidation tactic, I don't know what is. Let me put this into perspective. This guy, Tyreek Hill, who at one point I admired a lot for coming out of nowhere in the draft and becoming a star. But this guy was drafted late in his draft in the fifth round for a reason. He has had previous domestic abuse issues in college that's why he was was it just one year at oklahoma state then he got booted from oklahoma state because of domestic violence issues and apparently there was a lack of evidence and the police to some degree if i remember right police don't want to give the nfl some evidence how in the hell do the does the nfl not get any evidence but tmz this company that is superficially just built on this kind of stuff can get the evidence. If TMZ could get the evidence and the NFL doesn't and there's more behind this case, this just puts a shame on the NFL. And this puts a shame on Roger Goodell. I haven't had good vibes from Roger Goodell since the minute he put discipline down on the Ray Rice case. You have visual evidence of him punching his now wife, was it in the chest or the face or wherever, but he put his hands on her and he only suspended her two games? Are you kidding me? This man shows no moral. Roger Goodell does not know right from wrong, apparently, when it comes to discipline. He's like that parent who, if the child was being sentenced for murder, he'll be like, oh, there's not not enough evidence behind him when there's a bunch of evidence behind the case. Like, he is that parent who will just turn a blind eye to everything. I mean, you have the Ezekiel Elliott case. Ezekiel Elliott, I'm sorry, where you see video evidence of him and it didn't seem excessive when he shoved the security officer into the gate, but he still put his hand on him. It's still a type of threat or physical intimidation. That should be at least one game. I was shocked Ezekiel Elliott didn't get at least one game. Even the hard knock fan Skip Bayless from Undisputed was surprised he didn't get one game. Like, what is Roger Goodell doing? One minute he's allowing 
two game suspensions for socking a woman in the face. Then he goes and suspends Tom Brady four games for deflating footballs. Deflating footballs. How are you going to be suspended? Four games for deflating footballs, but when you have a child with a broken arm who we don't know was caused by Tyreek or the mother, we don't know, but it still shows there has to be some kind of at least suspicion when you have in the recording the mother is telling Tyreek that he makes the kid open up his arms and punch him in the chest. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. And then we got the news this past week that Jaron Reed for the Seattle Seahawks got suspended six games for a case in 2017. Oh, I'm sorry. Were we talking about just not too long ago about not disciplining Tyreek Hill about an incident? But yet you're going to suspend Jaron Reed for something that happened in 2017. I could be one of those conspiracy theorists that'd be like, oh, this is all because he's trying to find a team to knock off the Patriots because of the beef that he has with Tom Brady and Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. I could go on and say that. I could also go on and say that he's doing this so the owners can make more money because if you take Tyreek Hill off the Chiefs, the Chiefs are now less of a dynamic offense. They're less of a dynamic offense. Patrick Mahomes can't become the uprising star that he's supposedly going to be. Now, Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get off of Tyreek Hill and I'm going to go to the Chiefs as a whole. Patrick Mahomes is a very good quarterback. When he came out of Texas, it was a Texas Tech. When he came out of Texas Tech, I had some a little bit of questions because he seemed a little reckless. And the first person that I thought of was Brett Favre because Brett Favre, for all you NFL buff heads out there, he was a very reckless quarterback. He either looked like a superhero or he looked like a knucklehead. One or the other. You got both in one game. He either won you the game or he made a stupid interception that cost you the game. You have perfect example when he hit Minnesota. He had the one game-winning touchdown against the San Francisco 49ers where no one still knows the wide receiver who caught it. But then you have the recklessness in the NFC Championship game against the Saints where he threw across his body across the field. Not a lot of people could do that. And that's why coaches tell quarterbacks not to throw across the field across your body. Because you don't have your momentum behind you. You're using your back foot. And there's just a lot of dynamic behind it to where you don't have the same strength behind it. You don't get a Patrick Mahomes who can do that and still make it look like a good throw. Now you take Tyreek Hill off that offense. Tyreek Hill saved Patrick Mahomes' butt a lot of times. The whole no-looking pass was to who? It was I believe it was Tyreek Hill. I may be wrong. You have the left-handed throw. That was to Tyreek Hill. You had the fourth down against Baltimore. Who did he throw it to? He threw it to Tyreek Hill. In that shootout against the LA Rams, which is to me the best Monday night football game of all time. Who were some of his best throws to? Hello, Tyreek Hill. You take Tyreek Hill out of that offense, who does Patrick Mahomes rely on? Yes, he has Travis Kelsey. Yes, he still has Conley. Yes, he still has Watkins. But he doesn't have the same trust repertoire as he does with Tyreek Hill. Again, I'm not going to get into some some conspiracy that they intentionally didn't suspect Tyreek Hill. But don't come and tell me that this man will not cause any physical harm to the child and or to the mother of their child. Don't come and tell me that he's not going to do that. With the past history that he has had, With the circumstance of this child's arm. The loser in this whole situation is this child. This child's arm, as we know still now, is broken. And as far as we know, Tyreek opens his kid's arms and punches him in the chest if he cries. Or shows any type of emotional weakness. You have got to be kidding me. But, God forbid, any of us think this guy is innocent. But you know what? This is my opinion. I don't want to get into a big old rant on it because I can go on for hours about this because it infuriates me that not even a single ounce of discipline is put on Tyreek Hill. Not even one game. But I'll leave it at that. And I'm going to stay on the football side of things because training camps have opened. We have players going to camp. Some. You have the outstanding entrances like Antonio Brown going coming in the hot air balloon. Jalen Ramsey coming in the money truck. You having Haha Davis come out and introduce him. Yeah, that's me. You have that stuff. But then you have those who don't show up. Ngakwe for Jacksonville. Michael Thomas for the Saints. Melvin Gordon for the Chargers. 
Oh, and speaking of this name, which I mentioned earlier in my Tyreek Hill rant, Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Ezekiel Elliott's case, he wants a contract extension. He still has two more years on his deal. If I remember correctly, I was just mentioning how he put his hands on a security guard. And like I said, although it was not a very hard shove to the officer, it was still, you know, a physical intimidation. Uh, This is not the only case that he has had of off the field issues. He was just suspended six games not too long ago for a domestic dispute. He was on a recording pulling a woman's shirt down. This is already three off-season issues in three different off-seasons. Yes, you can turn to his production on the field. Two out of the three years, he has won the rushing title. All out of the fact that Todd Gurley, who should have at least won two of them, Sean McVay holds him back because of, you know, one, because last year the health concern with his knee, and second off, you had when he rested him, I believe it was week 17, and Alvin, or not Alvin, but... Kareem Hunt took the rushing title. So, I get the on-the-field production. But they don't pay you just for on-the-field. They pay you off-the-field as well. Because not only when you're off-the-field are you representing yourself, you're representing the organization that you work for. It's just like any of us in the work field. If you're off the clock but you're still on the premises, if people know you outside of your business because you did some type of work for them, not only do you represent yourself, but you also represent the business that you work for. Social media now has become a big thing with with jobs and their employees. Don't talk a certain way or like just put yourself on a bad front because that also puts a bad front on the organization that you work for. That's obviously something Ezekiel Elliott does not understand because each year he's had some type of issue. Dallas is supposed to be America's team. Now, I'm not going to be like a Stephen A. Smith who says that, you know, it's a symbol of mediocrity, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, some fans may be a little arrogant, but not all fans are like that. I have a brother-in-law who's a Cowboys fan who's a really cool guy. He's a big Cowboys fan. His brothers are... Cowboys fans, they're they're cool guys. I have my neighbor across the street, Matt, who's a Cowboys fan. He's a cool guy. So Stephen A. Smith needs to hold back on the whole Cowboy fans are arrogant. All of them, you know, he's calmed down a little bit because I know some who aren't arrogant, who are really cool, and will humble themselves in the Cowboys' loss and won't automatically say they're going to win the Super Bowl next year. But last time I checked, the Cowboys are America's team, and the America's team should not be represented by a guy who cannot keep his face off of TMZ, social media platforms, and and all of this in a bad representation. Come on. Like, okay, I'll give another holdout. You have Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints has a one-year deal left on his contract. And I believe there's only like a million dollars on that contract. Or, yeah, I believe there's one point something million dollars on the contract. You don't hear anything from Michael Thomas. You don't hear him making this big O scene. Yes, he's holding out, but because he deserves it. Because not only does he make production on the field, but he keeps himself quiet, mellow, and keeps a good tone off the field. This past offseason, I get it. Most of the Saints players were upset about the whole non-call against the Rams NFC Championship. I have stated it once. I will say it again. Yes, the call should have been made. But he's in sitting there making a scene or letting it bother him and doing something stupid off the field. Now, Michael Thomas deserves a contract extension, and I believe he will get that contract extension from New Orleans. But Ezekiel Elliott, you still have two years left on your deal. You have not shown that you could be the face of the Dallas Cowboys. You have passed for the Mount Rushmore of the Dallas Cowboys. You have Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, you could put Dion, you can put whoever you want, Charles Haley, since he was there for two years or two titles, Darren Woodson, I can go on and on of all the good Cowboy players. Not a lot of them, yes, Emmett Smith had a holdout, but he wasn't making mistakes off the field as he was 
Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel, if you want that contract extension, you have got to show that you are not going to screw up. Todd Gurley got a contract extension, but he wasn't doing anything off the field. He produced on the field, kept his mouth shut, was out, just goes out with friends, helps his advertisers, his sponsors. Doesn't make a deal. Now, he has the knee injury, and some fans are still hoping he's okay. So this is another reason why sometimes organizations will hold back on contracts with running backs, which will help me switch to Melvin Gordon in a minute. But I don't think Ezekiel Elliott should get a contract extension. He needs to prove himself that he could be a person of good character as he is a good football player on the field. Now with the whole running back situation, let me switch to Melvin Gordon, who is also holding out for a contract extension. I'll make this short and sweet for Melvin Gordon because his first year was not great. He had, a, I want to say terrible rookie year, but it was not up to a first round running back. He will ever be in the same conversation with Todd Gurley because they went in the same draft. So whatever Todd Gurley does, Melvin Gordon is going to be put up to that standard. Now, last year he did put up some good numbers, but it was one year. One year. He needs to prove himself another year to make sure that he's going to consistently be the workhorse for the Los Angeles Chargers. Man, I wanted to say San Diego because they should be in San Diego. The other thing is that can he be healthy? Again, Todd Gurley was perfectly fine. Then all of a sudden the knee injury came up and now the Rams fans, some are questioning if they should have even given him the contract extension. Melvin Gordon has to show that he can produce a second year as he did last year. There is a lot of promise for Melvin Gordon, though. He has shown that he can be the workhorse. He has the strength and he has that burst through the hole in order to be that number one running back that the Los Angeles Chargers want him to be. But can he live up to the potential? We don't know this yet because he's not. It seems like he's not going to prove it because his holdout might go into the regular season, just like with Ezekiel Elliott. Both of their holdouts might go into the season. But I respect what they're doing as far as the running back position because the running back position is very under undermined because of the workload that these guys take. You have a perfect example of DeMarco Murray. The Cowboys ran him to the floor. He had one good year in Dallas. Then they let him go. Then he goes to Tennessee. Doesn't do as well. He has to share snaps. And then he had to retire. I'm pretty sure he didn't want to retire the age he did. But the work took the workload took a toll on him. Same thing with Adrian Peterson. Was the face of the Vikings for so many years. But that's all they had was Adrian Peterson. So they ran him to the floor. Now he can't keep a team. He went to the Saints, did, couldn't produce. He went to Washington, had spurts, but couldn't produce. He went to Arizona, again, had spurts, but could not produce. Another example is Steven Jackson of the St. Louis Rams. All the years that they had a quarterbacks, Mark Bolger, Kyle Bowler, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You had all these quarterbacks, and all they had was Steven Jackson. So they ran him to the floor, and he's underhanded in the Rams organization as a top running back, even though he's the leading rusher in Rams history. I give props to Melvin Gordon and Zuki Elliott for holding out for contract extensions, but both of them still have a lot to prove. If Todd Gurley were to have hold that, held out, I can understand. Because of the impact that he has on the Rams offense. Le'Veon Bell had a good reason to hold out because he helped that offense. But at the same time, it sh- the Steelers showed that they really didn't need Le'Veon Bell because they had a good backup of James Conner. Although he got injured, he wasn't the same as Le'Veon Bell, but he still showed good production. Will these two get their extensions? I'm not sure. Ezekiel Elliott... They shouldn't give him a contract extension, but they might blink. The Chargers, it's hard to say because Austin Eckler was a really good backup for the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego again. I hope these two can can prove themselves. I hope these two can show that they are worth the money. But it remains to be seen 
and we won't know. All right, folks, up next, I have a little treat for you, a good buddy of mine. We're going to go into some boxing right now with the whole Mayweather-Pacquiao 2 possibility. We have Pacquiao's previous match with Keith Thurman. I have a lot more in the box world, so I will turn my attention out to my buddy, who's a boxing analyst who should go into the boxing analysis world, my friend Tito Sanchez. Tito, how you doing, man? What's going on, man? Hello? Yeah, do you hear me? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just right here waiting for the <laughs> waiting to join this podcast. Oh, hey, thank you for coming on. Let's talk about it. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, I want to get your take on the Keith Thurman Pacquiao fight. Really questions about he's 40 years old. You're going up against Thurman, who's 30, but was out for a little bit. Only had, I believe it was one fight before Pacquiao. What was your overall take of, of the fight? I mean, I was kind of speechless that Pacquiao looked the way he did. Uh, well, when, when I when I saw the fight that was going to be made, I knew I knew what P- Pacquiao has his, his greatest strength is his speed. This is uh, people don't know his speed until they actually go in there. So when people when I would hear interviews when people would face Pacquiao, their their takeaway was like, "Man, I did not know how fast he was." So mm-hmm. that's why I lost because his speed was too much for me. They were overwhelmed. So when the, I saw this fight. I called it. I said, you know what? I think Thurman's going to lose. Not because of the speed or what, or because of Pacquiao. It's because I, when, I re- when I would see Thurman in interviews and I would see his interviews when it, before the fight with Josecito Lopez. In one of the interviews, he said something that, I, that stood out to me. That he said that uh, he was depressed. Hmm. Yeah, he said I, I, I was depressed. You know, when I fought after I fought Danny Garcia, I got hurt. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't fight, and I became depressed. And I said, "Man, I go because I go, man, I don't know depression. I go, but I heard of people being depressed. It's not something that you can just turn off." Oh yeah, coming yeah. from someone who deals with depression, it, it's very hard to switch on and off. And it yeah, can come out, it can come out of nowhere. Yeah, from someone who deals with it and having some family people who deal with it, it's a very tough situation. And sometimes you just can't get out of that funk exactly so, so it's something mentally it's something that you can't just work out out of it you know something that you have to do something else mentally yeah. so when he fought Jose Cito Lopez and he got caught or he wasn't he, was, he didn't look that great with Jose Cito, Jose Cito Lopez and right now Jose Cito Lopez is pretty much at the end of his career yeah. he's one of those good fighters that you fight just to make a good action uh, bout you know it's a good fight with Jose Cito Lopez he always brings it but as right now, he's pretty much at his end. So when he got caught with somebody by somebody by Josecito Lopez, who's mm-hmm. a way slower fighter, I said, "Man, I go. I think this is gonna be a bad fight for Thurman right now. As of right now, it's a it's a it's a bad fight." Now let me yeah. ask you. On top of that, coming into this fight, there were a lot of people skepticizing, like Pacquiao. He's old. Like if he loses to Keith Thurman, he should probably hang him up. With Keith Thurman, if he loses, I mean, you lost to a forty year old. Like, what's the ramification now? With Pacquiao winning and now with Keith Thurman losing, like where do they both go from here? Uh, Pacquiao, I think I think he should retire. I think because people, his fans, his fans are just most of them are just Pacquiao fans. They're not really boxing fans. Yeah, his fans are gonna say, yeah, let's throw him with with the other dog with the other with the other lions with Errol Spence, with uh, with Sean Porter, uh, Sean Porter with uh, Crawford. I go. That's 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 a that's a terrible matchup for uh, for Pacquiao, because those fights, Errol, Crawford, and the rest are gonna want testing. Here's the thing: people don't know the fight with Thurman and Pacquiao didn't have any testing at all. Mm-hmm. There was no testing, no drug testing at all. Now, see, I don't think a lot of people even knew that. That's, yeah, that's was, something that isn't known. Yeah, so there was no testing for that. So a lot of people would say, you know what? Yeah, he Pacquiao looked great, but. Was that due to him taking a substance? I don't know. I don't know that. But there was no testing at all in this fight. What about and Thurman? Where does Thurman go from here? Yeah, so Thurman, I think he needs to just relax and then look at his option. Because right now, I don't know how he's taking this loss. Mm-hmm. He might say, you know, he might say good things out there and say, you know, I give credit to Pacquiao and this and that. But, again, we don't know where he's mentally is at right now. Did his loss? Did this loss make it worse for his depression? Is he still depressed? 
mm-hmm. let's see who he fights next. Let's see. Let's say let's let's him fight a less caliber fighter, and let's see how he looks against that person. If he looks like he's struggling with that person, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he should just you know mentally. I think he's gonna be done. I don't think he's he'll be able to compete with the uh, with Errol with Crawford or even on uh, Porter again. Cause I know he beat Porter, but in a rematch, I think uh, mentally Porter would outdo him. He would outwork him. And uh, I think that's where it's going to be a, a 50-50 with Thurman. Either he, you know, he lifts, gets up gets up from the canvas and says, you know what, this is I'm going to put this in my pass and, you know, I'm going to work harder, a thousand times harder and beat all these people, uh, beat all my opponents up next. But and, if he can't get from there, I think he's it's just down him, downhill for Thur- uh, Thurman. No, I couldn't agree with you 100%, because even in that fight with Pacquiao, he didn't look the same. It just seemed like, even when he threw the right hand with Pacquiao, it didn't have that same pop as it used to. And I don't know if it's because of the injury, or like you said, because of the depression. And people are also skepticizing that he had just gotten married and was with this woman, and that might have been like, you know, a little bit of a holdback, like an anchor on him. But, of course, I'm not going to throw any accusations out there. But I do want to – I will be one of those Pacquiao fans who are just Pacquiao fans, and I'm going to do it for the people who are throwing this out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen on the news and everyone's seen the back the, – the jab thrown between Mayweather and Pacquiao. Now, to me specifically, as, you know, just being, you know, a fanatic and stuff like that, out of maybe nostalgia – I would want to see it again because people are saying that Pacquiao lost the first fight because of a shoulder, stuff like that. And now they're throwing jabs. Oh, you know, we want another rematch. But realistically, should that fight even happen? Because you got to think, Pacquiao's 40. Mayweather will be 43 in February. Like, should that even happen? No, I don't think it should happen. I think Mayweather beats him again easily. Um, I think Pacquiao, he's an exciting fighter. Uh, but when he deals with smart fighters, he has issues like Marquez. Marquez was always uh, a smart fighter, a good counterpuncher, but he always struggled with him only. Mm-hmm. Out of, besides Mayweather, who else did he have trouble with? It was Marquez because Marquez was a f- smart fighter. A lot of the other fighters that Pacquiao fought were brawlers. Yeah, we're all brawlers just like, let's go at it, let's see, test my chin, and boom, they were getting, they were getting knocked out. Yeah. Uh, so Mar- Mayweather doesn't care about th- the fans. He cares about his health. He cares about himself, which it, in a way you should. Uh, and that's why Mayweather is a great, great boxer because he doesn't care about what other people expect of the of the of the bout. I remember when people would, uh, when people were talking about the the first, uh, you know, the the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. People were were saying like, "Oh, Pacquiao's gonna make Mayweather fight his fight. Uh, he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna like the booze if he's running away." But then I remember seeing an interview he did with the ESPN like years ago, years before the fight was ever made, saying that I don't know why people want the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. If I fight him, you guys gonna tell me it's, it's it was a boring fight. It's you know because that's my I'm gonna fight him how I want to fight him. He's not gonna he's not gonna make me fight his fight. I'm gonna I'm gonna show him my boxing skills, and people are gonna say, man, wow, well, that that was a boring fight. And that's how he ended it up. It was boring to, you know, to the majority of the fans because they wanted to see, you know, that action. But when they, you know, but what ended the result, the results were that Mayweather fought his fight, his fight. And that's how it was. It was a chess match. And think, he won. You think that even if uh, Mayweather, like if they were to give him like, like say, you know, Pac, we're going to go hypothetical here. Let's say, yeah. you know, Errol Spence beats Sean Porter, calls out Manny Pacquiao and by the heavens Pacquiao wins by let's go by a split decision. You think at that point, like say they offer Mayweather like two, a quarter of a billion dollars of uh, yeah. Quarter of a billion dollars. You think he'll take that fight still, even if you're like, cause you got to also consider how much money yeah. Mayweather spends on top of that. And if he sees Pacquiao beat a hungry fighter at a young age in their prime, he might go, Hey, you know, I could fight him again and make a bigger paycheck, and I could live off of that the rest of my life. Do you think he'd sacrifice that fifty and oh to go back in the ring one more time and try and get more money? I think he would. I think Mayweather would just be like, you know what, pay me this much. Mm-hmm. You know, you want me to fight this guy again and beat him again? Pay me this much, and I'll shut you guys up. I think he would do that with money because you know, money Mayweather has money in his name. Oh, yeah. I think he, yeah, I think he's gonna say do anything for money. Uh, but again, he's always smart. He's always gonna call. He's gonna make the fight under his term. That's what makes Mayweather one of the greatest fighters of all time. Not because of uh, 
he's uh of his opponents who uh, who he fought is because the way he carried himself in the boxing uh the boxing sport is that he every fought every match he fought was under his terms mm-hmm. so when he fought people he fought them at their uh at their lowest he fought them at okay you're gonna fight me you're gonna fight me at this weight so the, his opponents were never fighting at their 100 percent. they were always fighting you know at a weight that they weren't used to fighting but People never saw that. People would just see the name, say, "Oh yeah, he fought, uh, he fought Marquez." Oh, yeah, he fought Marquez, but Marquez was a really small guy. They made him fight. Uh, they made they forced Marquez fight to fight at a weight that he never fought before. It was ridiculous the weight the weight difference that he fought in in that mm-hmm. fight. But most people say, "Yeah, but he fought. He beat Marquez." Yeah, that's true. He beat Marquez, but he fought him. He's like me. It's like me fighting a dude that's like six one. You know, of course, you're gonna be like, yeah, Tito, yeah, but you know, Tito's a good fighter, but yeah, Tito fought six one dude and he lost. That's the thing. And yeah. uh, but so that's what uh, Mark Mayweather makes a good fighter is that he he just, uh, selectively chooses his opponents at the right time when to fight them. No, and do you think, do you think that taints his? Because you know how he goes by TBE, the best ever. Do you think that kind of puts an asterisk on his record because how he picked and chose his opponents and what weight they fought in? Because you compare him to like you know the the Ali's, the the Holyfields, the Frazers, and stuff like that. Those guys, we don't know if they, you know, I'm pretty sure you know more than I do. If they made a middle weight to kind of go in between to try and make it a fair fight, do you think that kind of puts a little asterisk on some of the wins that he's had? Um, I think it, it. I think it's. It doesn't because um, at the end of the day, it's the boxer who decides to sign that contract. Mm-hmm. It's the boxer who does. Yeah, I'll decide to fight you Mayweather at this fight. You know, because a lot of that's what happened with Canelo uh, when he fought Mayweather. At the end of the day, Canelo was the one that signed that contract. He was the one he knew he was too young to fight Mayweather. Because I remember when it was leading up to that fight. You know, I didn't like Canelo at all. You you know that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. talk off the off, yeah. off camera. And you tell yeah. me all the time. And now I have a different view of Canelo. For me. I when he was fighting Triple G, I wanted Triple G to knock him out to say, you know what? I was like, man, like, let's. I hope Triple G, uh, knocks him out like right away. But in my back of my mind, I was thinking like Canelo's a way better boxer than Triple G. Mm-hmm. So when he beat him twice, I said, man, like I knew this was a possibility. I just knew it. I just didn't want to accept it because I hated Canelo for a long time. <laughs> and when he beat him, and then he beat Jacobs, I said, man, I got to give props to Canelo. No, I can't hate him on this guy anymore. You know, I can't yeah. hate on him anymore. So now I do like Canelo. I like Canelo a lot now. We're to the point where I don't see anybody beating him right now. People are calling him out. I said, this Canelo beats him easily. Easily. I don't see them. I don't, I don't think they have the skills to beat Canelo right now. I think Canelo's the man right now in boxing. Now, let, but, me, uh, let me let me let me go on top of the. I don't mean to cut you off, but let me go on top of what you just said about the Canelo and Triple G fights. That first fight, who do you think uh, really won that fight? Do you think Canelo won by by split? Do you think Triple G won by split? Do you think it was right that they made it a tie, or how do you think that end result should have been? I thought when because I, I seen it in Los Angeles, uh, I I thought I I thought Canelo won because I, I was actually waiting. I was hoping for him to get knocked out, but I saw Triple G just missing a lot of punches. I was just like, man, this guy's missing a lot. Like, but people were saying, whoa, whoa, you know, in the bar. I was looking at the, I was in the bar, and people were like, whoa, whoa, you know, like, ooh, wow. But I'm thinking like, he's missing the 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 punches. He's missing them. So okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head like, dude, is anybody not seen this? Like, I want him to get knocked out, Canelo to get knocked out. But I saw Canelo winning the fight, a boxing uh, triple G. Do you think he made the more impactful punches against Triple G in that fight? I think he made him miss. I when I was when I when I watched it and then I when I rewatched it again, I think Canelo made him look like a kid in there, where oh, he wow. would like, uh, you know, he would uh, just, you know, embarrass kind of embarrass the embarrass a Triple G. Yeah, made him look like an amateur gold, yeah, gold, gold so, boxer. Because I remember up to that point, Triple G was knocking everybody out. Everybody he hit, they were knocked down. I remember being talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So when Canelo got hit. Yeah, he, you know, he kind of moved back. Yeah, but he still took that hit and boxed him, you know. So I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, like, one of these punches is going to drop Canelo. No, he was he was just, you know, countering him real good. So I was thinking to myself, like, man, he's he's losing this fight. And, I, you know, every round that was passing by, I was getting more angry because Canelo was not knocked out. <laughs> and then I was thinking, like, come on, man, come on, Triple G. I wasn't, like, really a fan of Triple G. It was, like, whatever with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I I knew like his power will only eventually get him so far, 
until oh, somebody yeah. asked, until somebody eventually outboxed him really bad. And I saw that when he fought Jacobs. I fought, yeah, he dropped Jacobs, but I thought Jacobs, his that fight with Jacobs could have gone to Jacobs because Jacobs outboxed him eventually in the later rounds. Yeah, I, I remember, said, that. You know I remember what? that fight. We discussed it the day after, and after watching the tape, I mean, he made it, it was pretty valid that Jacobs should have won the fight. I mean, he could have gone out of the way. Yeah, so in my head, I'm thinking like, with Canelo, I go, Canelo's a better boxer, technically. I just never seen Canelo fight somebody like Triple G with that power. Yeah. So when he fought that fight with Triple G, I was thinking to myself, yeah, <laughs> Canelo got this. He, he won this fight, in my opinion. I just thought he was, uh, he did uh, his ring, his ring ship in the ring was just way better than uh, Triple G's. He, uh, he, you know, he dug the better, you know, the more of the punches. Yeah, he got hit here and there, but I think uh, Triple G, being that type of monster that the made him, he didn't do anything in that fight. He couldn't really hurt Canelo. I think Canelo hurt himself kind of by being gassed out in later rounds, but that was just him. It wasn't nothing that Triple G did. That's yeah. something that Canelo was known for, like, regardless of who he fought. Mm-hmm. That, hey, you know, Canelo, you know, he kind of, like, starts to slow down later, later rounds. So I, I think this whole Triple G, Triple G Canelo fight, you know, for the trilogy, I, I don't like it. I just think it's boring. I think I, I saw Canelo beat him twice, and that's coming from me who hated Canelo for a long time. Yeah. Wanted him to lose those two rough two fights. I just didn't see him winning. Uh, and I don't I didn't see Triple G winning any of those fights. So I'm thinking, you know, Triple G should just go somewhere else. He should fight the people, other people like Andrade, who Andrade's been calling both of them out. And Canelo is, I think Canelo should fight Andrade next. Uh, that, that's a very interesting fight right there because not yeah. a lot of people know who Andrade is. And if they go look at the way he fights, he could be a perfect match for either either or of them. He's really undermined and really underrated as a boxer. Yeah, he is. He's he's actually under the radar for a long time, and I like Andrade a lot. I I think he easily outboxes uh, Triple G. I think uh, he embarrasses Triple G in, in that uh, in that ring. The thing is, I don't know how his chin is because you know his so many people avoid Andrade that he hasn't been has he hasn't been hit by somebody with that power. So yep. he could be a good boxer, but then until he gets hit, because every boxer gets hit. You know, the only few people that have never got hit was Mayweather. That's what makes yeah. him so great. Yeah. Uh, but Andrade, he's there to be hit. So if he gets hit by Triple G, I don't know what's gonna happen. He's gonna get knocked down. He's gonna, you know, take it, you know, take it real well, and then just uh, box Triple G for the for all twelve rounds. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but with uh, with uh, Canelo, it'll be more of a chess match. They're both are gonna know. are gonna be like, like they're gonna be. It's gonna be a really to most people. It's gonna be a boring fight because yep. it's gonna be a technical fight. It's gonna be like okay, they're gonna to want to know. They're gonna to want to really look at. They'll usually fill each other up in the early rounds. Yeah. That's what Canelo's yeah. done now. Is if you've noticed, he switched up his game, and you saw in the first Mayweather fight that he'd want to go and try and get Mayweather because everyone was in that impression. Of, oh, if I go toward Mayweather, if I catch him in the corner, he's not gonna be able to run anywhere. Canelo now has in the first few rounds. Okay, I'm gonna fill you out. Let you throw your throw your punches, and at that point, I'll read you. And at that point, we'll just tear you down piece by piece. Exactly. So he knows how to calculate what, it, what after after reading you for the couple of rounds. Okay, this is how you fight, and now I'm gonna put my game plan now on you. So that's what I like about Canelo now. So now I can't hate him. You know, I yep. can't hate him. But like I hated him before. You used to hear me. I used to be like, ah man, he's a rant so on him. Yeah, I used to hate him. I used to hate the dude. I used to I just tell people, man, no, he sucks. You know, his his opponents before were they just suck. But now I can't hate on him. I can't. I just I I. I I tell that to myself. I can't hit on him. You know, give him props. You know, look at what he's doing. He's beating who people thought he wouldn't beat. Now he's, you know, he, he shut those people up. He shut me up. Now I give him props. Now I tell him, like, you know, right now I don't see anybody beating him. Um, now let me, uh, the- now let, let me, let me get on the uh, the subject. And I'm pretty sure you remember the Canelo Triple G was quote unquote a super fight. Yeah. Now I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going to switch and we're going to move up to the heavyweight division and you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Wilder and Joshua. My God, that was like another situation of Mayweather and Pacquiao. Yeah. And I will be the first to say that when Joshua went after Ruiz, at first, and you could ask my girlfriend this, but when I found out that Ruiz beat Joshua, I was on a tire because I'm sitting there upset, not at the fact that Ruiz beat Joshua, but the fact that Joshua fought someone before he fought Wilder. He waited too long to fight Wilder. And me and you spoke off off the tape, and you even told me that 
although Wilder is a very wild puncher, if he got Joshua one good time, we don't know how good Joshua's chin is because we saw how he fought with Klitschko. The yeah. one good shot with the right put him down. And we don't know all the other good fighters that so-called good fighters that Joshua fought were all in Britain. So we don't know the tenacity yeah. of his chin. What is your take on the heavyweight division now? Because you still have Tyson Fury out in the midst waiting for a rematch against Deontay Wilder. You still have Deontay Wilder now looking to fight Ruiz, who just beat Joshua, who people thought was the best heavyweight in the world, when now he it might be exposed. You, I, I like the heavyweight division right now because uh, we have uh, we have the, the uh, controversies going on right now with heavyweight divisions right now. Because right now, recently, Dylan White, he beat his opponent recently. The thing is, he beat his opponent while being on steroids or some form of a banned substance. Because right now, they just found that right now. It's right now all over the boxing media saying, hey, you know what? What the shady part about this situation is that they knew he failed his test. Yeah, they're saying that his opponent never knew. So so they're saying, they're attacking uh, Eddie Hearn, saying, hey, man, you're a shady promoter. How is your fighter going to, you know, fail a a, a, uh, a drug test, yet you don't tell the opponent? Yeah. The opponent's going there risking his life, you know, with the whole situation of these current boxers dying right recently. We, two, yeah, we just yeah. saw a rest in peace to the two yeah. boxers, by the way. Yeah, the, yeah, they recently died, you know, due to the, you know, the, you know, due to the sport, you know, the whole, you know, getting, you know, beat up, you know, twelve rounds or and so on or so yeah. forth. People don't know uh, that this is. Uh, people think it's just a sport, but at the same time, these guys are t- actually fighting for their lives, fighting for yeah. money. People yeah. really underestimate that. Yeah, so that's why I'm a big boxing fan, not just because you know, it's just boxing, no, because it's brutal, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's brutal. You know, somebody could die in there, and I like it because it's like. It's it's a risky. It's one of the most risky sports in the world. Yep. And people don't know that. People think that's ah, boring, you know. Yeah. But for me, it's like man, it's beautiful, but because it's so brutal. Uh, so that the, the heavyweight division, it's like, it's it's a beautiful sport. It's a beautiful uh, it's it's a beautiful time right now for heavyweights because we have the, the Joshuas, that are people who made a million excuses, when he lost to Reese, they were saying he got knocked out in sparring. They're saying that uh. Him coming to the U.S. was a, was the reason why he lost. He wasn't used to the lights. I'm like, dude, he, he's a superstar in the U.K. How is he not going to be used to this, the, the explorers over here? Yeah. They're just saying no because he went to Miami to train. You know, nobody could focus in Miami because the, the beautiful ladies were over there. Um, I and think so, that's far-fetched because – and you saw this. They sold out an arena with Klitschko in the O2 arena. When have you ever heard anybody selling out an arena in the O2 arena for a boxing match? When exactly. was the last time that you heard that? <laughs> I don't know. And then not only that, they started saying, oh, he had a panic attack right before he came out the ring. That's why he couldn't. So there's so many excuses that they gave Joshua. I just tell him, hey, you know what? It wasn't his day. You know, maybe he took Ruiz as a tomato can. You know, he didn't take him seriously. Could have happened, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is, Ruiz is, is, has a great amateur background. So when the only thing I, when that fight was coming up, I said, you know, Ruiz has the skills to beat Joshua. Don't think he doesn't have his the height. I go. He's way shorter than uh, than Joshua. So when me and my brother were discussing, when they were, my brother, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, my brother went to the fight. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He showed me. Yeah, he went to the fight. Yeah, he went to the fight, and we were just discussing like who's gonna win. I go, I go. Reese has a great chance of fighting him. The thing is his height. If Joshua uses his his height to box Reese, then it's gonna be a long night for Reese. But if he gets in there somehow, somehow. I just don't see how Joshua could, you know, like uh, push him away. I go, Doris is the is a good fighter. I just I go, I go, I'm gonna lean towards Joshua. I'm not gonna lie, I go, I'm leaning towards Joshua because of the height. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. If he uses his height to win, to to, to for to box, he could easily outbox up Joshua. But the thing is, Doris is one of those, you know, he's a dog man. He goes in there and wants to, you know, uh, just go at it at you. Because his speed, his speed is really fast for a heavyweight. You know, you've seen his how he punches. Oh yeah, people saw. Him. Yeah, they thought they consider him like a technical heavyweight because yeah, the way he, looked, he has underestimated his speed. He has the speed of Mike Tyson, but without the body of Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. That's what I like about Dorisi. His punches are like Mike Tyson, but without the body of Mike Tyson. And with the whole heavyweight division going on, I like it, man. I like it because you know everybody now. What the reason why I like this fight that what happened with Ruiz and Joshua is. 
now there's no let's let's wait two years, let's wait three years to build up the fight. No, now it's like hey, you know, every fight's risky. Yeah. Let's get paid now and let's fight. So that's what I like about the heavyweight division now because this whole let's wait years for the fight to be made. That's not gonna happen no more because you know they see what happened with Joshua and it's like hey you wait you, you want to wait that's what might happen to you, so that's what I like about the heavyweight division is that they they got exposed as nope you know you want to wait you could wait but the fight might not happen because that other person might lose and might lose to somebody who's not really known to the rest of the boxing community mm-hmm. like Ruiz was uh, Ruiz was more like. Uh, he was one of those guys that was, I think he was like pushed down because of his uh, his height. And also because, honestly, there's not a lot of Mexican heavyweights uh, or Mexican-American heavyweights in that division. There actually are more. If yeah. you look at it, it's, it's mainly dominated by, you know, some U.S. but also British boxers. And even yeah. you have uh, Cubans like uh, yeah. the one like that Ortiz. Uh, Ortiz. Yeah, yeah, Ortiz. Yeah, Ortiz. And yeah, he supposedly uh, wants that rematch again with Wilder. I like Ortiz a lot, too. I like Ortiz a lot. He's a good boxer. He's older, but he's a good boxer. Uh, Very good power puncher. Yeah, he's a good boxer. I like him a lot. Uh, I like Wilder because Wilder's just exciting. I don't I think he's a terrible boxer. <laughs> Yo, I just he, think, he's, yeah. he plays for the fence. He looks yeah. like he's fighting on the streets. Yeah, so I think he's a terrible boxer, but he's like an exciting oh, fighter. Yeah. I like him. I like him a lot because of that and that sort. But the thing is, uh, with this whole... You know the whole. You know, let's wait. You know, let's let's you know, let's let's get boxing politics in this mess. No, you know, now it's. I like this upset because it made them re- reevaluate their whole the whole the whole boxing game. Saying, look, this is what happens when you want to wait. You know, and let's you know, let's pretend we want to fight. No, you know, this is gonna happen. You know, if you're not gonna fight him, somebody else will. Oh who's yeah. hungrier than you guys because these yeah. other guys want that same money. And I think that's so, why uh, people wanted to see Joshua and Wilder because, like I said, even though Wilder, like I said, he, even though he swings like he's fighting in the streets, he still makes a good – he still makes a good shot to the chin. They're down. People go crazy. That sells tickets. That puts butts in seats. And also the fact that he was hungry for Anthony Joshua. You've seen as well as I have that Deontay Wilder kept pushing for Joshua, kept pushing for Joshua. Let's get this fight to happen. Let's get this fight to happen. Yeah. Joshua just pushed and pushed and pushed away. Now, with – Joshua being upset. You still have Tyson Fury, who's who had his fight or is going to have his fight in the next few weeks. Um, if you were to put these guys in a top five of the heavyweight division, where would you put them on your rankings? Uh, my top five would probably be Fury. I think Fury has. Uh, I think he's still a real good boxer. He's still the Lino champ. I think I put him as number one. I put two as Wilder because Wilder you can never count him out because of his punch. He has that one KO, one just one hit a quitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that so I put him at number two. I'll put Ruiz at number three, four Joshua, and number five. I would say let me see a top five uh, heavyweight would probably be like uh, let me see number five would probably be like either Ortiz or Parker, one of those guys as number five because the, the other guys that you know were up and coming or you know are in the boxing game. On about in that heavyweight division, they're they're being caught with uh, steroid use. Even you know this was something I don't like about the UK heavyweights. They're all being exposed at once at some time in their career for using pe- uh, uh, banned substances. Fury, Joshua, you know Dylan White. No, Dylan White's an American, I think. Uh, and uh, but uh, and Baby Miller, all these guys fighting over the UK are getting caught. So. Now there's a now you know you have uh you know you have Ruiz saying I'm not gonna fight in the UK, I'm not gonna fight in the UK. You, uh, Joshua wants a rematch. He's gonna be in Mexico or in the US. You know I'm not gonna fight in the UK because now I understand it more. Yeah, it's like geez, like you letting these you letting the UK fighters you know cheat if you want to call it cheating uh you know cheat by taking banned substances. Yeah, you know I understand now because you know people are dying now. So of course you know you're gonna have people like Ruiz say nope. You know you you want. You wanna, you wanna, uh, you know, you wanna, you know, put these tests, uh, put them under the rug, uh, these failed tests, and that, but you want me to fight over there? Like you're crazy, you don't know, you know, like now you're gonna, we're gonna fight here and we're gonna get testing done here, and it's crazy because yeah, you know, you have all these, you know, all these guys failing tests, and they're still fighting. That's crazy. Yeah. That, you know, for me, it's like if you know, if you tell me and tell me, hey Tito, you know, this guy, your your opponent just failed the test for this. How do you feel about that? Do you want to go and fight him still? Do you think you still have this, you know, do you, how do you feel going into that match? That's hell no. That, 
yeah, depending on my skill set versus my yeah. opponent, if I say, you know what, you could take a million steroids, I will still beat him. He won't beat me. <laughs> if that was the situation, then yes, you know, kind of comparing uh, Danny Garcia versus Eric Morales when they fought. Oh, the, yeah. 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 Eric, yeah. Eric Morales failed a drug test. Uh, but they told Danny Garcia, hey, you know, Eric Morales just failed the test. Well, how do you feel about that? Danny Garcia took the fight. That's because I felt that I felt that he chose the fight because Danny Garcia at that time was knocking people out, hurting people badly in in, in the fight in his fights, and Eric Morales was pretty much at the end of his career. Way be I think he was way beyond his in his career, mm. and he you know he was slow, he was kind of fat, you know, and so when he fought that fight and he still knocked out Eric Morales, I said, yeah, because of course, man, Danny Garcia is young, he's powerful, and. Eric Morales is regardless how many steroids he took, he would have taken. I don't think he would ever beat Danny Garcia at that time. If it would have been way younger, Eric Morales, you know, then it would have been a different situation. But Danny Garcia, you know, still took that fight because he knew there's no way Danny uh, Eric Morales could beat me right now. He's old. He's you know he's he's slow at this age, and uh, you know he's out of you know he's out of shape. So he said, you know what. I have a I have an opportunity to I have an opportunity to beat a good name Eric Morales one of the legends in boxing so he yep. took that fight but that's not the situation that's happening in the heavyweight division these guys are both young and one of them is, and some of them are getting caught cheating so that's a different situation with those guys you know those guys could die because those guys with heavyweight division it's why it's so popular is because all those guys some of them have power to knock you out with one punch mm. it happens all the time in the heavyweight division. So, so with those guys, it's riskier. If somebody tells you, "Hey, you know what? This guy just, you know, the, uh, that guy just took his uh, just took a test, failed. How do you feel about it?" And me being in the heavyweight division, I'm saying, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not going to take it. I'll fight somebody else." Yeah, I'm not going to take it. So, the shady thing that happened this past weekend, dude lost the fight. Dude, that one lost the lost his drug test. But his opponent was never informed about that drug test until it came out in the news saying, hey, you know what? They never told you? No, they never told me. I, uh, he, he felt the drug test. So that's something that I'll, I'll be going after the promoter saying, you know what? I mean, you guys did me dirty. I want to sue everybody up in whoever was involved in this. Yeah, get so, some restitution or something. Yeah, because dude got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah, dude got knocked out. And it's like Dylan White was, was the person over here saying that he's calling everybody out. Reese. Joshua, Fury, everybody's calling everybody out, everybody out, saying he's the best, and so on and so on. But then you get caught cheating. It's like, come on, man! Like, what are you doing, man? You know, you know, you're fighting people. You know, you fight. This is your sport. You know, you could possibly kill somebody. You know, depending on how you know what type of substance you take. But yep. anyway, it's still banned. If it's banned, you know, don't risk it. But I guess you know these guys don't care. So I'm thinking to myself, like, man. Uh, Right now, it's not the time to get, you know, to cheat. Right now, it's not the time. Oh, sure uh, it is. Yeah, Especially now, the time like, we got social media platforms. We got all yeah. types of media platforms. There's no way you're going to get away with something. You, yeah. you can't be Lance Armstrong, who's going to get away with it for like several years. You're not going to be <laughs> Alex Rodriguez, who's going to eat it out of a gummy bear. There's no way yeah. you're going to do that. We're in, a, yeah. we're in a time of place where media is dominant and nothing can be hidden. Yeah, so the heavyweight division is it's, it's something to look at it right now. If you if you're you know if you got you know if somebody's hearing this and saying, well, I don't watch boxing, I watch UFC. Right now, boxing is the sport right now. Even though I don't watch UFC, I used to watch UFC back in the day. I don't watch it anymore. It's just because for me, boxing was always my main love. Boxing, mm-hmm. uh, and I heard recently, right now, I'm not sure if it's true. Maybe you are more into UFC. That the was it the Super Brothers, right? Aren't they the ones that own UFC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I heard they recently are trying to acquire some ownership in boxing. They're trying to open up their own uh, promoting company. Oh, yeah. Dana White, too, is also looking to go into the boxing. Ever since the Conor McGregor thing happened with Mayweather, it's like all of a sudden, oh, look at this whole brand now. We're going to, you know, try and dive into boxing because it seems a lot more interesting. Yeah, that's what I heard from because my brother's into boxing, I mean, to UFC a lot. And I told him, you know what? I don't think UFC is going to do anything in boxing. And the reason why I don't think they're going to do anything in boxing is because of how they pay you their UFC fighters. Oh, I told my course. brother, I go, Conor McGregor, I go, I was looking at the numbers. He made more money in that boxing match with Mayweather than he ever made with all his fights combined in the UFC. And that's combined. I go, I go, what does that tell you? I go, these, these guys get paid pennies to risk their lives as well 
when when a boxer is gonna, you know, when these when these when this new company is gonna try to persuade boxers to say, hey, you know, yeah, I know you got paid two million without Heyman or two million with Top Rank or two million with uh, Golden Boy, but I'll pay you six fifty six hundred fifty. They're gonna say you're crazy. I'm out. <laughs> this is we're yeah. done. <laughs> Yeah. Let, so let me ask you on top of that, like if, if let's say UFC fighters get a little taste of that money in boxing, do you think that they might transfer into boxing to solely move into one instead of having to do all their all their styles? Because it's just like you said, UFC pays pennies compared to boxing. Like we just mentioned earlier, Mayweather, if they got a Pacquiao rematch, would make what a quarter of a billion dollars just to be twelve yeah. rounds of Panny Pacquiao. Exactly. Penny Pacquiao, if you were to, or uh, I'm sorry, Conor McGregor, if he were to come back and say that he fought Habib for a rematch, it, they would amass to what two million dollars? Like Conor McGregor knows now, after he made, like you said, the money that he made against Mayweather, he's not going to want to come back to the UFC unless he makes the money he made at boxing. Do you see boxing slowly now with all the hype behind it, UFC fighters switching to boxing, or maybe just boxing as a whole kind of overwhelming the UFC? Yeah, I think so. What what I think is going to happen is. Uh... What I think is going to happen is uh, I don't think UFC fighters could go into boxing right now in their careers and try to fight a uh, boxer. They might want to do, you know, might you might use media as a platform and saying, look, I, I could beat you, I could beat, I could beat you, I'm a UFC fighter, and they could maybe get a fight with a good name, but they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to be able to transit transit the uh, transition from UFC to boxing and make a career out of it. I think they're going to get knocked out bad. Uh, but I think what might happen is uh, these boxing companies like Al Heyman's. Uh, Go, uh, Oscar, the Golden Boys of you know the promoters, you know uh, top rank. I think what they're going to do is maybe say, you know what, let's get into the UFC game. Maybe, let's see how that goes. But I don't know if that might happen because right now boxing is, you know, it's it's one, it's a, it's a, it's a sport right now. You know, it's a sport right now because right? they make so much money. People saying boxing's been dead for so long. Like, say that to the people that make fifty million a fight. Yeah. How's that? How's that dead? How's that dead? You know. They, yeah, it's you call it dead. It's a dead sport. Yeah, you know, you still have the you know the smaller fighters still making two million a fight. These guys are making good money. Yeah, yep. you know the other ones are making way less money, but it's still the the names are making good good money. Oh yeah, they, they, they always the, tell you yeah. like, oh, you want McGregor? Let me give you you know, as we just said earlier, Denny Garcia. You have John Bones Jones. Oh, let me introduce you here to Canelo Alvarez or to Errol Spence. Terrence Bud Crawford. Let me give you Sean Porter. They have a lot of names that a lot of people just are starting to just overpass because they think, oh, it's not a heavyweight division. But if you look at all the all the divisions, Lomachenko, a perfect example. Yeah. How many people know Lomachenko? And he, in, in my opinion, he's the best pound for pound fighter in the world, or yeah, debatably no the best pound for pound fighter in the world. Yeah. So yeah, you have so many good fighters in every division. It's 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 insane. Yeah. Every every division in boxing has a has a. Uh, has an has an amazing fighter in every division, you know, every every division. And that's what they should kind of do. I think, I don't know how the UFC is set up with the weight division. I, I don't know how many weight divisions. I think, uh, I think it's, you know, they're, they're more broad. I think there should be more weight divisions in the UFC. They have, you know? as, if I remember right, they have in the UFC, they go from straw, uh, flyweight all the way up to heavyweight. Same thing with the women. They have from straw weight all the way up to about flyweight, yeah. I, I believe. And, uh, but the only problem in, I, I believe the problem is that with UFC that the that boxing doesn't have is that UFC you could get two titles but yet eventually they're going to vacate one because one fighter wants to focus on one weight class because it's hard for him to transition to, diff- to a different weight class. When you have a yeah. boxing, you saw. Well, I'll give an example: Manny Pacquiao, eight titles and eight different weight classes. Like it's possible to do that. Yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, I like about boxing is uh, sometimes I don't like about the, you know the whole policy about promotional companies, but I like it that. You know, there's so many weight divisions that you could because you know some people just can't make that extra pound of weight, take down that extra pound because it just kills them. So I like it how there's so many weight divisions that like, hey, you know what, let's fight in this division. You know, beat me, hey, good for you. And then they go to other uh, upper divisions. That's what I like about Pacquiao. Pacquiao is one of the best ever. Some people don't like it to hear that, but he's one of the best ever because he did get, uh, he did uh, win titles in eight divisions, and only that he he became I think uh, lineal champions and several of those divisions so that's really hard to do in uh, in any sport but in boxing in general because you're you're getting beat up you're getting punched by another individual yeah and that's you know that's hard to do so when i when i when i you know when i see pac-man or pacquiao fight i'm looking at a legend i'm thinking like man you know like 
very few times in you know in history you could say I witnessed that person play. Like I never really remember watching because I've never into boxing. I mean basketball. I can never really say I watched Jordan play because I don't recall. Maybe I, I did ever. I did at one one time, but I don't remember. But there's going to be somebody who's a basketball fanatic and tell his kids, look, I I grew up watching Jordan, one of the best ever, or I watched Kobe, one of the greatest ever. You know, I watched you know I watched Kobe play several times, but I'm, boxing was again it's not one of my sports that I like mm-hmm. to you know sit down and watch so for me i could say you know what uh, i watched mayweather fight in my lifetime i watched him fight or i watched pacquiao or i watched marquez or i watch uh you know wilder <laughs> or something like that you know i get to, i get to say that to my kids and because they're, they're gonna be like hey you know how was wilder when he was fighting we're knocking all these people out cold how was how was his fights and i could say man it was amazing you know not getting watching him knock out people with one punch you know, going crazy and just landing one that one haymaker and boom, they're gone. So at least I could say that for my sport because, you know, Pacquiao, you know, I got to see them. I got to see him fight in my generation. So I was like, man, it's amazing to see him fight and win eight divisions, you know, eight, winning eight divisions and still have it as of right now in at his age. So, you know, it's amazing to, it's, it's an amazing time right now in boxing. And I think it's just growing more, even though, you know, people are dying. I think it's still growing more. You know, they still have there's so many prospects right now coming up that it's. I think it's you know boxing's here for, for you know for a long time. I don't think it's gonna ever die. Uh, like people are saying, people say it's dead, but I don't know, man. People, I'd rather I'll be in a dead sport if it pays me fifty million. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't I can't argue with that a hundred percent. And now to end to end this because this has been a really good conversation. Again, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, what we got to end this. With, of course, the pound-for-pound best fighters in the world right now. If you were to give me the top five pound-for-pound best fighters in the world, one to five in order, what would you rank them? Right now? uh, Right now to – hmm. Right now. Active. Active right now. Active I would put put, uh, Crawford number one. Crawford number one. I would put Lomachenko number two. I would put – uh, number three would be most likely uh, Errol Spence. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I would put number one Crawford, number two Canelo, three Lomachenko, uh, four Errol Spence, five between either a toss-up of Pacquiao or Usyk. Usyk, which is a cruiserweight. You know, undisputed champion. Oh yeah, I like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah it was, I would put him in there number five. The thing is about Pacquiao is that Pacquiao surprises you. Sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he looks terrible. Like man, like what the heck? What are you doing? Is it because Everyone, he's a senator? You know, because he's a senator. Yeah, he's got so much going on. Perf- I can give you a perfect example: the Jeff Horn fight. My God, like, yeah. who the hell was that in that ring? Yeah. So in that case, sometimes it's a toss up. That's why. But Pacquiao sometimes he surprises everybody by beating Thurman. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Thurman's way younger, better. You know, he has he's a, he's a better athlete. Yeah, he's still lost. He got a, he, you know. So in that case, that's why it's a toss up between Pacquiao. I think he's still you know he's coming at at the end. Uh, I think he should retire right now as a champion. Say hey, you know what? I have nothing else to prove. I beat mm-hmm. one of the top fives in that in the in the welterweight division. So I think I think it's a toss up between Pacquiao and uh, Uzek. I think I like Uzek a lot. I think he's one of those guys that that. He just beat everybody already in, in, in his weight division that they're trying to make him well, uh, move up weight class, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're trying to make him fight uh, heavyweight. Either they were trying to make him fight either Joshua, if he would have beat Ruiz, they wanted if the fight with you know the whole politics with Wilder was gonna be wasn't gonna be made. They wanted him to fight Joshua. Now they wanted him to fight Ruiz, but now they want him to fight somebody else because they see the whole politics going on with them, the rematch and all that. So I think they want him to fight another uh, heavyweight. Uh, so, you know, I don't think he's going to be anybody in heavyweight, really, with a good name, with a good mm-hmm. boxing um, pedigree. I don't think he will be anybody in that division. Uh, but, yeah, you know, you, you, you might never know. Uh, but I do like music a lot because yeah, he's uh, one of those guys that is a good boxer, real good boxer. He reminds me of a bigger, bigger version of Andrade where he doesn't seem like there's nothing special about him, but, yeah, he still wins. That's all I like about him. Uh, uh, now, now, real quick, because uh, we've got a few more seconds to go. 
give me one dark horse that people should keep their eye on. Now, I know for some people who aren't a boxing fans, they should get into the sport. Like you said, they need to get into it. And if they're looking to get into the boxing sport, what's one person they should keep an eye on that's not a big name, that's someone that's up and coming through the ranks real fast? Uh, good rank, good fighters, good names. One is uh, Teofimo Lopez. He's a good fighter. If people don't know him, look him up. He's a good fighter. Uh, he's coming up, Teofimo Lopez. Uh, uh, Shakur Stevenson, yeah, he's another possibly a type of Mayweather fighter mm-hmm. that it's going to make uh, make big noises later later in his career. And also, maybe, I would say right now, I was watching boxing right now. This kid is, is pretty damn good. Uh, is, I don't know really know his name. His, his name, that's how, you know, he's on the radars. Uh, he's Tor, some guy named Torres. Last name is Torres from Los Angeles. He's a real good fighter. I've seen him. He has the skills to be a good, good great name. But the, mm-hmm. right now, the names that are making the name, making the Making waves in the sport is probably the Shakur Stevenson's, uh, uh, Teofimo Lopez. These are two guys that might carry the sport for another 10 years. So these guys are the guys to look out, Shakur Stevenson's and Teofimo Lopez. But you never know. We, ha- we might They might face a guy who people consider t- a tomato can, and hey, they might, that tomato can might, might want it more that day. So you never know now with boxing. So that's what I like about boxing right now is because now it's more about the hunger about it, not about the whole... Let me fight, you know, the worst, you know, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me fight anybody. Now that anybody might be the guy who takes your, your O away. So that's what I like about boxing now right now, because everybody is hungry. They want that belt. They want that money. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Wise, wise words from the dark horse in my eyes in the boxing analysis world. Tito Sanchez, I appreciate you, man, for coming on the show. And we'll make sure to get you back on here next time we get some boxing analysis in here. And, again, appreciate you coming on the show, Tito. Uh, No problem, Carl. All right, man. See See you. All right, bye. That's going to wrap it up for today, folks. I appreciate you guys listening and tuning in once again. I'm Carl Cook, Jr., and I will see you guys next week. Take it easy.